It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today, we have such a treat for you. It's Today's episode is called Leadership Horror Stories because it is Halloween today and we are celebrating the leadership horror stories. Now, what I have in my hands are 25 of what I consider the greatest horror stories that I was that I was given. I asked for the past few months for your greatest Halloween horror stories or your leadership horror stories and you did not disappoint. So thank you. I have in my hands 25. So I'm going to read through some of these. I have no idea how many we'll get through during this show, and we'll talk about them. Now, remember, in the, in the Kathleen Reeson show and talking about leadership and leadership development and how as senior leaders we get to be the leaders, I often talk about the difference between curiosity and judgment. Curiosity being we get to dig in and ask questions and we are neutral. So we're not making fun of anything. It's just, it's an experience. Everything is neutral. Well, we're going to flip the script a little bit today. We're going to flip it and you may see some judgment and it is actually meant to be part of the fun. So here we will examine the stories and some of them are so straightforward and so cringeworthy that there won't even be a lot of examining that has to happen. It just will be, so you'll know the difference. So let's dig right in. This first one I'm going to tell you about, the title of it is called The Flying Fingernail. Are you ready? The Flying Fingernail. When my son was two years old, he had a severe ear infection. So this is from our reader, that's our listener that sent this in. When my son was two, two years old, he had a severe ear infection. My boss called me into her office because the daycare called and asked me to come get my son. His ears were draining pus, and they thought he needed to go to the doctor right away. My boss was furious. She screamed at me, saying, what's more important to you, this job or your child? You need to make a choice. And then she slammed her hand on the desk, dragging her fingernails across the wood. And as she did that, one of her fingernails went flying up in the air. So I said, of course my son is more important. To which she responded, that's why people shouldn't get married and they shouldn't have kids. They need to focus only on their careers. Now, can you only imagine you're sitting there, your son is, your, your child is sick and this lady, this boss tells you this and her, she slams her hand on the table. The fingernails she has on, maybe like press on fingernails, one flies off in the air and you're watching the fingernail fly while she is taking humanity back about 40 years. I mean, holy buckets. Some people really just shut their mouth. So some things that we have in our head don't even necessarily need to come out of our mouths. So that would be about applying a filter. Obviously, this boss didn't have. So let's look at this next one. Now, not to be offensive, this one's entitled Six Full Boobs. Six Full Boobs. Okay, from... One of our listeners, I was an editor and worked in a newsroom until 9 p.m. each night. One evening, the janitors wanted to wax the floors, but they had to go through a specific room to get to the floor they wanted. This was the same room that three nursing women used to pump breast milk. I noticed the problem and asked my boss to ask the janitors to wait until after 9 p.m. My boss, my boss said, can't they just wait until they go home? 
I was appalled. So I said, man, there are six full boobs about ready to leak, leak breast milk. Please tell the janitors to wait. So you know what my boss did? He looked around attempting to identify which boobs were going to leak. He wanted me to offer those women a storage closet instead. Now, I mean, think about that, really. <laughs> this whole concept of nursing at work, and I've got a story like this for myself, where I, I nursed, I was at a client, and I was pumping in a storage closet-like facility, no lock on the door, but they didn't have anywhere else. This company has actually gone and set aside a space, but the boss, he didn't recognize the value of having that kind of space. And as a post-nursing mom, you can't just wait an hour. I mean, you would be in a lot of pain. And so this guy saying, can they just go into the broom closet? That just wouldn't work. So really having empathy would be important here with six full boobs. Our next one, smile more. So this one, at my annual review, I made all the marks and hit every single one of my goals, but I still got docked, which meant no bonus. When I asked why, my manager said, when I come off the elevator, your face is the first one I see, and you're always so focused on your work. You don't smile enough. Can you even imagine that? This lady got docked because she was so focused on work that she wasn't smiling, she wasn't engaging, and he wanted to see her smile. Well, this is not about man versus woman. This is not a, a political statement, a gender statement, any of that. This is about if we set some kind of criteria for our employees, is that what we're actually holding? Or, or do we have unwritten rules that we hold our employees to, but we never tell them what they are? That's actually what I see happen a lot is this concept of unwritten rules. And then the employees are confused when they start to see, oh, that must be an unwritten rule. When this boss gets off the elevator, make sure you look up and smile because that's a criteria on the evaluation to get a bonus. So she was shocked by this. Now, this person that submitted this, I actually happened to know her and she smiles all the time. So I thought that was really funny that that's the criteria she got. Okay, next one, Horror Story from a Leader. That's the title. Okay, I found out my business partner had been freelancing on the side of our own business. Basically, instead of running the work through the business, he was doing it on his own. I had evidence and was about ready to confront him when I checked our company credit cards. He had charged over $1,600 the last three Fridays. Turns out he was taking our underage interns for dinner and drinks. Then he slept with the female intern and did drugs with the other. I fired him, which led to losing half of our clients, got our intern to sign a hold harmless letter, and then fired her and did everything I could to get our other intern to quit. It took a while, but he finally left. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit of a secret on this one. This one was mine. <laughs> this is my horror story. And this is all true. It was totally true. The first business partner that I had, uh, this happened. And it was so Surprising because here I am, I have little kids at home. I really just wanted to focus on work and growing. And then all, I, I can tell you the moment that I realized that this was all happening. So what I want you to know is that as a senior lead, it's, it's not just like employees that have these leader horror stories. It's also in the reverse as well. And I can tell you when that intern, both the interns, they came to me and one of them, like he wanted to keep his job, 
but he had been lying and he'd, he was not in, in a position to succeed with his company. There was no trust. And so we were, we did everything by the book that we could think of. We, we consulted with all kinds of people, like how do we let him go, but in a way that protects us. And it was really challenging. And the other intern who had been sleeping with him, I mean, wow, I thought we were going to get sued on a lot of different levels there because here her boss had slept with her and had taken her out and she was underage and they were drinking. I mean, every single lot, like we were partners in a partnership. So I could have gotten a lot of, of lawsuits. Exposure on that was incredible. And yet, uh, it all turned out all right, but that was one of the most horrific leadership stories that I've ever lived through. So sharing that one with you as my leadership horror story, I put this one in here, and I bet you have some too. All right, let's look at another one. Promotion dinner. I was at a promotion dinner recently for a close coworker that got promoted to managing director and a couple of others. The partners that toasted each of the honorees made their toasts all about them and use the word I a zillion times. They didn't focus on the individual accomplishments of the people being promoted. They only focused on themselves. Oh, can you feel that one? I mean, how many times has somebody grabbed their glass and toasted and said, I'm so proud of you. I'm, and it's all about them. And the thing about acknowledgements, this is something that I had to practice myself because it's, I think as a, as a world, as a humanity, we have, added the word I into so much of our language. But when you actually give an acknowledgement, it has nothing to do with I. It's all about the other person. And so even using the word I is taking away. So you can say, you could say, I acknowledge you, and then everything else is about them, but that's about the only time that an I is appropriate. So it might sound like, I acknowledge you for your strength and your perseverance in this promotion. I acknowledge you for, and you can continue to do that, but it's all about the other person. Even saying good job, I'm proud of you, is taking it back to you. I mean, it's so tricky how many times we bring the conversation back to us unknowingly. And in this case, this leadership horror story, when somebody hears it, like an outsider, somebody that's not the person receiving the compliment or the person giving it, and they hear that I all the time, it's actually a turnoff. It becomes very disgusting to them. And instead of this happy promotion and the feeling that we want to give to the recipient, it goes the other way. So that can go down a slippery path. But what's so exciting is that there are ways to change these things. So if you're looking through any of these horror stories and you're saying, ooh, have I inadvertently been a part of a horror story? Did somebody submit one to Kathleen that perhaps is gonna have me in it? That's always a fear, isn't it? When you're in senior leadership, but just know that there are absolutely ways that you can support yourself and your team. Okay, there are absolutely ways to do that. In fact, coming up in 2023, I've got a leadership series that I'm kicking off. It's a mastermind. If you're interested in it, let me know. But we've got some really exciting things planned where you don't have to be the center of a leadership horror story. I know I never want to be, and you know, perhaps I have been. Who knows? But we are going to keep reading. All right, the forever meeting. This one's a short one, but a really good one. I was on a nonprofit board where the president refused to use an agenda. Our meetings would last three to three and a half hours. Whew. 
Now, I hear this one actually a lot, especially in companies where they say, oh, I went to this meeting and there was no agenda and I thought it was going to be 30 minutes because that's how much time was saved on my calendar, but I got in there and it was an hour or two hours or three hours. I know I've been in meetings like that where somebody puts 30 minutes on my calendar that I get into the meeting and then all of a sudden they say, oh, okay, well, we're here from three to four. Well, I had a 345 scheduled or whatever that is. And so now I get to decide, am I going to interrupt that and say, well, I only have 30 minutes on my calendar, so that's all I'm committed to, or am I gonna commit to the meeting? One meeting, somebody told me about this three hours, it was a different person, but the three hour meeting, people were falling asleep in the meeting and the, the president just kept on going. I mean, how crazy is that? How crazy is that? All right, let's look at another one. The week that never ended. I worked 95 hours in one week and was yelled at for only building, billing 90 of those 95 hours. And I was a supervisor with new staff that I was training. Needless to say, I quit shortly after that. The shocker was that he was surprised, he is being his boss, was surprised when I told him I was done. Now that's really horrific and funny at the same time. So if you're working 95 hours in one week and you build 95 of those hours, I mean, that's pretty great because I, I would think I'd have to go to the bathroom at some point and yeah, there, there are just, I'd like to eat lunch and all of a sudden you're not sleeping during that time. So that becomes really crazy, but then add to it new staff, you're training to be billable with new staff. That is an impressive feat. A really impressive feat. So this person saying, yeah, I, I quit shortly after that because I made it happen in 90 out of 95. Can you imagine that? If the average person works 40 hours and then you go, we're not talking even double that, we're talking almost two and a half times that to get to 95 hours a week. That is crazy. That's like, like what, two, three hours of sleep a night for an entire week? Ugh, I wouldn't want to be in that. And as a leader, like seeing that, that's that's uh, that's something that's notable. Obviously, there are, this guy's this person is doing the work of three, four people, and so we have to interrupt that piece. And uh, for that during a new staff training, that's a lot to ask of somebody. So as a leader, we get to recognize that when these situations don't work, and obviously the output was this person quit. So we lose employees when we do that. Anyway, that's a great story. I have so many more stories for you. We are going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we've got more stories to dig into. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you just after this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host 
email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today is our Halloween episode. We've been talking all about leadership horror stories, and I have so many to share with you. Our next one up is called, Oh No, He Didn't. It says, I managed a team of about 40 tech support representatives. My boss was the most narcissistic and power tripping person I've ever met. I worked 90 to 100 hours a week for three weeks straight to get caught up and to do a project for the boss. This was all while I was salaried, so he wasn't getting paid overtime. When I got all caught up, the boss called me into his office and demanded I take two weeks of vacation from my PTO bank because I hadn't been myself lately and I needed to decompress. Now, I wonder why he hadn't been himself. Probably because he was working 90 to 100 hours. Okay, back into the story. I pleaded with him that it was a punishment. I feared that when I got back, I would be starting from scratch. He threatened my job over it and said, either take the time or find a new job. I went home, called his boss, and voiced all of my frustrations. And then I quit. Oh, and I returned my laptop by dropping it on my boss's car. <laughs> so who got the last laugh? Now, I don't recommend dropping your laptop on your boss's car and... Clearly, he, he got the last dent, right? He got the last last piece. Now, that's two stories in a row of people that are working these, these really long hours. Your body actually can't sustain it. I read a statistic that after 35 hours, you are not productive anymore. So you think about our regular like here in the U.S., we're typically about 40 hours a week, although I, that's even most people I know are, are closer to 50. But if we're averaging 40 hours a week, you lose productivity after 35 hours. That means we really could cut back to 35 and you really wouldn't see any different impact on results. But you think about these people that are working you know, 50 hours or 60 or 70 or 80 or like these last two stories, 90 to 95 hours a week. I mean, can you even imagine that your productivity is actually quite a bit less so the amount that you're working in 100, if you could really focus, you could probably do that in 25 to 30. It's that we aren't really set up in environments to focus. Okay, Setting yourself up in an environment to focus is very different than just showing up to work and, and working and being there. So results that can be produced will be very different. Now, I'm not talking about somebody that's working a line at, like, at a manufacturing company where they've got to do a very specific job to produce an output like a a plastic bottle or, or some kind of item. I'm talking about the output, the things that come from our mind. Productivity drops at 35 hours, although I have seen statistics that do relate in the manufacturing field, and even after about 35 hours there, it's very similar. Your body then becomes in such a place of repetition that your mind is not allowing you to complete the task at the same level that you were. So if you actually look at statistics in manufacturing over the course of weeks, whatever the, if, if it's a typical Monday through Friday line, then by Friday, our outputs slow down, and then Saturday and Sunday would be days of rest. This is in a traditional environment, so that Monday you would see those pick back up again. In the mind, though, it drops at about 35 hours. So when we've got our employees working 50, 60 hours a week, they're going to hit that by most likely at your fourth day of work, 
maybe sometimes your third. And if that's a Monday through Friday, that means by Thursday, you're really not getting many more results from your employees. You might as well cut them out on Wednesday and say, work really put your work in in three days. My kids were talking about how school was going to go to four days. It does in some places. And here I know in Colorado, they've got four day school week. It's not something that we're really entertaining where I'm at, but it's this whole concept that we're talking about. If you lose your productivity at 35 hours, you know, in the school world, it's a little bit different, but how do we cut that out? So something to think about as far as how we are running our employees. Let's get into another story. This one's called when it rains, it pours. I worked for a company where the CEO wasn't just born with one golden spoon, but two. He was entitled and didn't know anything about leadership. Fortunately, there was a second in command that was decent. Well, he got fed up with the CEO and retired. When this happened, the whole company went haywire. In less than six months, the top third of the leadership team all quit. Yeah, I mean, isn't that reflective of how our leadership teams are run? I mean, you got one person at the top, let's call them the bad egg, and it ruins the entire culture of the company. Like, that is source. So they source this, this culture that nobody wants to be a part of. And so you got, you got big sweeping changes that happen. That's the challenge, all right? That's a big challenge. And it can be challenging to interrupt someone at the top when they're creating a culture like that, or you see that and you wonder, am I risking my job? And I mean, the answer usually is yes. But the question is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And oftentimes the answer is still yes. So that's why I get a lot of conversations uh, with people in, the, in that senior leadership space saying, how do I interrupt somebody that is not used to being interrupted? Yeah, that's a, that's a big challenge. And it can be done. It can be done successfully. And there are ways to do it so that it lands where somebody can receive that feedback with the love that you wanted it. Obviously, they needed it in that one. Okay. Next story, title, Locker Room Talk Gone Wrong. Okay, this will be good. I was promoted to management at the utility company around the time that leading edge companies were going business casual. I was the only female on the leadership team. My way cool boss invited me to my first ever offsite management meeting where I nervously showed up wearing a skirted business suit. The boss kicked off the meeting saying, I guess Judy is the only one who doesn't know what business casual means. I was embarrassed and apologizing, apologized, saying I didn't remember being advised. One of my male counterparts jumped to my defense, saying to the boss, as I recall, the only reason I'm not wearing a business suit is that you told me in the men's room last week. Pretty sure she wasn't there at the time. The other guy began chiming in as to how they knew. Every single one got the message via word of mouth. And the boss sheepishly apologized that he had apparently provided no official message. Egg in mouth. <laughs> Foot in mouth mouth you know, these are the situations that happen where the words come out of your mouth and you're like oh i wish i could just stuff them back in i think we said that earlier in the show i just want to stuff them back in because sometimes as a leader again we don't have that filter there then these words come out and we realize that are we treating everybody equitably are we spreading the messages consistently are we making sure that everyone shows up and is not comfortable because comfortable transformation leadership really doesn't happen in comfort, but are we treating them all at a level where they, it can create equitable? Now, I've, I've been very careful to use the word equitable and not fair because there's a very big difference between equitable and fair. Equitable means everybody knows what the attire is. Fair means we go out and make sure that everybody has the outfit and I'm going to go purchase it for them. And uh, there's a very big difference there. 
equitable, I've got to make sure that everybody is aware so that everybody has the opportunity to participate in the same way. Yeah, so this lady, she didn't get the message. The memo was not sent out and it caused damage. Have you noticed a theme in all these stories is that, that there's a consequence to it that other people are paying for the bad leadership? Ugh. All right, this next story is called Title is Priorities. One time my wife had a surgery, so I had to miss a client golf outing. My supervisor criticized me in front of his boss and his boss's boss. No one said anything, but he ended the sentence with, I'm just saying, so it's all good. Huh, how many times have you heard that? Where somebody delivers feedback to you, but then they want you to not feel bad about it, so they use some kind of passive aggressive comment like, I'm just saying, or just kidding. So it makes it okay that what they just said happened but it doesn't make it okay. Yeah, absolutely, I'm getting a note from the producer. It's not cool, it's not cool. If you've got feedback that you wanna deliver, don't like sugarcoat it with, it's all good or just kidding. I mean, land that feedback, land it and get out. But in this case, the real issue is if somebody had, if the supervisor had feedback, he said it, in a way that he was not giving it to the, to the employee directly, he was giving it with the, all these bosses in there as well. So he just undercut the employee. I mean, the amount of trust that was eroded in that quick moment was huge. And that just doesn't have to happen. We have comments, we can just say them directly to the person. All right, next up. What goes around comes around. Early in my career, I worked for a boss that trained for triathlons in the afternoon. He would work in the morning and later in the evening. In addition to working a full day, I would be available to him all evening. One night I had a date and I didn't respond to his email. The next day he called me into his office and yelled at me. Fast forward a few years and this guy was fired from that position and moved to a second in command role at a different company. At the same time, I took on a new role leading a different company. When I arrived, I checked out my senior leadership team and sure enough, there he was as second in command. Now that's just funny. I mean, talk about karma there. So this person, he has a boss who is pretty irrational in his demands, wants this guy 24 hours a day. And then all of a sudden, this the boss gets let go. And now the roles have reversed. The roles have reversed. So that's that's really funny. This, the biggest lesson for me in this is you know, really the goal, you know, treat others how you want to be treated because you just never know when they're going to be your boss. I had a friend, uh, now a friend, but at the time, uh, I would call him a, a boss. Uh, it was in a volunteer position, but he was in a senior role to me. And he would say, Kathleen, I got to be really nice to you because one day you're going to be my boss. Now, I have never actually been his boss, but... Uh, it could have happened very easily. And that's so funny. So this is such a lesson on karma and treat others how you want to be treated. All right, next one. Don't work impaired. I was working as a nurse in an outpatient clinic and said something about my back hurting. One of my coworkers offered me her pain meds in front of our boss. They happened to be narcotics. Taking this would have been a felony as her nurses would be impaired. Not only did I quit, I reported that in multiple places. 
Now, one of the things that I don't know that was captured in this story, but the boss actually encouraged the employee to take the medicine. Oh my gosh, I believe Nurse Jackie, that whole movie on Netflix was written about this kind of scenario. So the listener that reported this, she she showed that, okay, this is not okay. So luckily she was on it and didn't take that medicine. But oh my gosh, can you believe that? I mean, I'm sure that kind of stuff happens, but I really like to hope that it doesn't happen when I'm the patient or somebody that I love is the patient in the bed. So, whew, okay, next one up. Its title is Best Write-Up. I was written up as an intern for not cleaning the office cat litter box properly. The kicker of the story is that I owned a cat of my own. Oh, no, can you believe that? She was written up for not cleaning the litter box properly. I mean, of all of the challenges that companies have to to run and to exist we're worried about the cat litter box this reminds me of one of my good friends and a listener on the show she was in charge we worked at the same companies very early on in our careers we worked at the same company and every day somebody different was in charge of loading the dishwasher and then starting it to run and so it was her day and she instead of using the dish detergent like the the dishwasher detergent she used dawn liquid soap and put it in there and about 10 minutes later she's like i don't know what to do help me and i run in and there were bubbles everywhere on the floor and then the dishwasher was kept running so the bubbles kept getting produced and it was like bubbles and bubbles and it took me a little bit to figure out where the bubbles were coming from i said dishwasher open the dishwasher like stop it stop the dishwasher from running because it was producing all these bubbles and we were running around I mean, they were up to our knees in bubbles. It took forever to get that thing cleaned out. So lesson for every company that is in person that has a dishwasher, either don't rotate. That's just such a bad idea because of things like that. Or uh, be very specific about how you actually load in the dishwasher. Because things that we think are so simple, like here's this girl who'd been in an apartment who didn't have a dishwasher. She never actually had to run the dishwasher. She didn't know how. And it was just assumed that people knew. But um, the floors were really clean after that. I can't and report that much. It was probably one of my best uh, after hours activities cleaning that floor, but it was, it was hilarious. Anyway, so it was not cleaning the litter box incorrectly. Nobody got written up. We just didn't say anything about it. We just took care of the issue. But wow, that's really funny. So clean your litter boxes. Clearly, that is important. All right, we're going to go on another quick break. And when we get back, don't worry, we have so many more stories to get through. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. 
We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today is our Halloween episode, and it's all on leadership horror stories. So we've been talking about some really good ones, and we're going to dig right back in. This one's titled, Even in the Army. So we tend to think of the Army as being very leadership-focused. Well, listen on this one. I was a female in the Army as a second lieutenant, and my boss was the captain, also known as the battery commander. I had mostly decent leaders in the Army, but this was the exception. This guy was completely focused on being the best. While women weren't as typical in the combat units, this guy did not know how to handle working with women. In the motor pool one day, I told him that we were down to one-third of our usual staff due to extra duties. I requested, him for him, I requested for him to allow two of the soldiers to come back from a non-essential job. He clearly didn't like that because he spent five minutes berating me loudly in front of the entire battalion for not being able to get the job done. Fast forward two weeks and he decided on his own that my idea would work. In another situation, this same captain hosted a staff meeting when he asked my opinion about a training deadline. The deadline was 28 days away and that was so hard to reach on a good month. But we had seven days and the soldiers being trained had to move on so we couldn't train them. I suggested moving the deadline back a week as it was an arbitrary date set by him. In front of the entire battery staff leaders, he stood up and threw a pen at me. It landed about a foot in front of me on the table and broke into many little pieces. Every time this captain would get mad at me, he would take it out on the other male lieutenants. It got so bad that the male lieutenants would come up to me and say, what'd you do? I just got yelled at. But the best part, one morning at 5.30 a.m., the captain invited the four battery officers into his office. He began the meeting by saying that he felt like there is some tension among the leaders and that we aren't going to leave until we get to the bottom of it. It was like crickets. Eventually, I couldn't handle the silence. I decided to chime in. As gently as possible, I said something like, well, sometimes I feel that I have good ideas or valid opinions, but they aren't respected. Therefore, I don't feel respected as a member of this team. He asked for an example, so I gave him a few. Then he says, what do you want me to do? Take a guitar out of the closet, hold hands, and sing Kumbaya? Unfortunately, quitting wasn't an option. <laughs> now, I find this one funny, that, but because the kicker of it is when she says, unfortunately, quitting wasn't an option. I mean, in the Army, she was out in the middle of some foreign country with all these like, actual fighting around her. So quitting, she couldn't just walk off and say, throw her laptop on the commander's car and be done she actually had to stay and figure this out and this guy this was that's kind of crazy he took out his frustrations with the other other teammates i think that happens probably a little little too often as well though in corporate america all right let's look at this next one it says it's all about the timing i was the executive assistant to a director my boss was only five or so years older than me my desk was in a small office tucked away where no leadership could see it you had to make an effort to come to it a lighthearted trend started amongst our team where you could bring in a bad school pick from childhood and we make an eight and a half by 11 copy and hang it on the wall by my desk. There were probably eight pictures that accumulated over the weeks, all from members of the director's team. One day after work was over, everyone was standing near my desk laughing at ourselves. Our boss came in with a smile, wanting to know what the joke was, eager to fit in. One of my coworkers points at the wall, chuckling, and asks the director what he thought. Keep in mind it's after hours and we're all in a great mood. Then the director spoke. He said, I think it's really unprofessional. All the air was sucked out of the room. 
This man, the director, came to my desk daily by himself. He could have told me at any point. He could have emailed me. He could have walked in there and taken them down. Instead, he chose when an entire crowd was gathered. I waited until everyone left and moved them into a binder. Everyone except the director. They knew that they still existed and would come over to see them and any new ones that got added. Nearly every single person except the director came over to me to apologize for the awkward situation. The director lost a lot of respect that day. Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, again, goes back to that feedback. If you've got feedback for somebody, like let's give it directly instead of beating around this bush and using this opportunity with all the teams together to make your voice heard, to make your voice heard. All right, let's look at another one. This one's called Even in HR. My prior leader had been in place for 18 months and had just been let go for being incompetent. I knew the incoming leader well and she had experience. We had been peers, though she at a higher level, for a few years. I thought she would be a stabilizing presence. In our first big meeting, my new boss laid out the priorities for the year for our area without talking to me in advance. And they were vastly different from what we'd been doing. My team starts asking questions, so I go to the new leader and ask for more information. She told me that leading the area and deciding the, priority, the priorities were her decision only. That was it. No explanation of the background. We spent the next 18 months in this weird, unsettled relationship where I was constantly guessing what she meant and the direction would change quickly. Oh, and guess depart what department I was in? Human resources. Yeah, I mean, that happens in any department, but this... This whole thought that like, I'm going to come in and change things and I know better than the team, like that rarely works. It really works because you lose respect from your team. You don't have that trust developed. And so we've got to work together to develop these priorities, especially as a new leader. And it sounds like that's what didn't happen. Okay, the new one, this one's called the nightmare boss. My boss was bored, so he decided managers weren't spending enough time in meetings with him. We ended up with him twice a day in hour-long manager's meetings, and he wouldn't let us leave until we covered everything, even if we finished in less time. Instead, he'd convene sub-meetings on things that only invited, a, that only involved a few people, and the rest of us still had to sit there. Two hours of every day immediately wasted. Wow. I mean, let's just go back to that traditional workday. If you were going to put in eight hours, which we know some people are putting in a lot more than that, and now your manager says, hey, two of those hours, you've got to sit with me in a meeting. And I don't care if we get everything covered. You still got to be in the meeting with me. Clearly, that doesn't work. Meetings for the sake of meetings don't work. In fact, I am a proponent of this, the five-minute meeting. I mean, really, what's working, what's not working, what gets to change, that's our formula. And really building from that point. Everything else is fluff. Now, if we want to do working meetings off of that, awesome. But clearly... This boss didn't get the memo about how we could run meetings efficiently. Plus, if you're bored, pulling all your managers in, that would be frustrating too if I was a manager leading under that boss. All right, here's another one. It's called the human cow. I had just returned from maternity leave and would pump in my office. One day while I was pumping, one of the bosses in another department taped a picture of a cow on my door. One of my coworkers was dating someone younger than her. He also nicknamed her Cougar. I mean, I don't even know where to start with this one. I, I, can you imagine the conversation 
that you got to have if you're that employee and you walk out and you're already feeling vulnerable because you're at work and you're pumping and if if any of you have ever been the nursing mom or maybe you're married to a nursing mom or you've got a friend that was a nursing mom or is a nursing mom you know like your body at that point in time is just like, it's not it doesn't feel that great you've got a lot of sensitivities around your body because you just popped a kid out and now You've got milk that's in your boobs. I mean, it's just, it's just not pretty. And I don't mean from a, a sexual perspective. I just mean it's an uncomfortable time for your body. And so now you're doing this at work, and that's, again, very uncomfortable. And then you walk out, you open your door, and there's a picture of a cow on your door. I mean, how low must someone go to think that that's funny? I don't even think childhood humor covers that. Like that's just narcissistic behavior and it doesn't belong in the workplace. So clearly there's some issues here that stem uh, much deeper and it's something that's actually probably not that uncommon. I see it in uh, quite a few workplaces. Okay, here's the next one. The singer. Whenever my boss sensed someone was having a bad day, he would start singing the song so you've had a bad day, loudly. Oh, I'm gonna have that song stuck in my head the rest of the day. So, so what I'm hearing is that instead of asking, are you okay, how can I support you? This boss was passive aggressive and walked up to the employees singing this song to say, hey, I noticed you have a bad day and I just wanna make fun of you for it, bye. <laughs> How could you create anything of substance in a relationship in a, in a productive way with an employer, with a team, with that come from? Yeah, I mean, whoa. okay, let's do another one. This one is called From CEO to Underling. I was a CEO of a small, a small nonprofit that merged with another nonprofit. In the transition, I was assigned an employee position. My manager was a young 20-something that called me his underling, only talked to me through Slack, and started each meeting with what I was doing wrong. Whew. I mean, he, like, maybe you're in a position like this where you got a new manager and they're younger than you. That's always a challenge. And then you've got styles where some, some if we talk generational, generations want to approach things differently. And again, we are, we are really making some big... Uh, assumptions here but the younger generation tends to be less direct and wants to use other tools to be able to communicate versus the older generations tend to have that direct communication verbally so they want to pick up the phone and call you or meet in person versus hey can we just do this via voxer or whatsapp or a tool that we can use to communicate because i don't want to actually talk directly to you, I'll use a tool. Some of that's to save time, some of that's to save face, some of that's to prepare ahead of time. So there's lots of reasons for that. It doesn't make one right or wrong, although there are some very strong opinions about what people believe should be used. So we'll take all that in consideration. But in this case, the real issue here that I'm seeing is that the manager starts each meeting with saying, I'm wrong, that this, the employee's wrong, and that they're not, the manager's not really meeting the employee where they are. So think about that on your team. Is that something that could be happening? Hopefully not. Oh, we'll do one more and we'll go on a quick break. This one's called Train Your Replacement. I have been thinking about leaving my job to become a trainer. My boss asked me where I wanted to be in five years, so I mentioned my dream of being a trainer someday. A few weeks later, 
a new girl arrived. My boss called me into his office saying she is my replacement. I was fired at the end of the month and could I train her? I think he thought he was supporting my dream. Wow, so self-awareness would be a big piece here, uh, really more for the boss. Yeah, I mean, if you wanna replace somebody and you wanna fire another person, like that's your prerogative. And how do you have a conversation with somebody to get them uplifted? How do you support them into thriving in their next role so that they feel really good about the transition. These are all really important pieces of the conversation that clearly this guy missed. I had a conversation with a client a couple, about about a week ago, and he's in a position where he gets to actually replace some of his senior leadership team. But what's really important to him is that they leave on a really high note knowing that they made an impact on the organization. And so he's got some different things to consider and we've been able to walk through different points of consideration and how he can do it so that they feel really good about the transition. When I read this story about train your replacement, it seems like we didn't have any of those conversations with, I know that these conversations weren't happening because this would not be the outcome if that was the case. All right, we're going to go on a quick break. You're listening to the Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Enjoy this quick break. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. This is our Halloween episode, and we've been talking all about these leadership horror stories. Now, we've got a few more before we end the show today, but a couple updates for you. If you've been enjoying today's show, you've been laughing with me on some of these crazy, horrific leadership stories, know that... The real challenge is that this kind of stuff happens in every organization every single day. And the way to combat that is to use an emotionally intelligence-based leadership development tool. There's one that I have designed that is kicking off in 2023. It's a mastermind-focused leadership development program. It's for leaders that have P&L responsibility and uh, have people responsibility. So if that's you or somebody on your team, reach out. There's, it's a really fun way that we're gonna do this, but it's a great way to learn these tools in a very fun environment and practice them right away within your company. So very easy way to do this. And if it's something that you're interested in, just reach out to me, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. And now remember next week, because we come to you every single week with all kinds of shows like this. Next week, we're calling, we're, we're talking about empathetic leadership. So raise your social awareness. There's self-awareness, but then there's social awareness, which is how we interact with the people around us. And that's a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today is about raising your social awareness. And that comes back into empathy, like the boss that put the cow on the door. That's clearly having very low social awareness and very low empathy for human life, human beings. And so this, we're gonna talk about that next week. But we're not done yet. We've got a few more stories that we will end the show with today. So this one is titled Karma. I was the inventory manager at a grocery store. I noticed that our kitchen manager was padding his numbers to get a bigger bonus. I confronted him and he confessed to me. It didn't matter though, because my manager, the store director, told me I was being too harsh. 
The kitchen manager never got reprimanded in any way. Turns out, many years later, the store director got fired. <laughs> so what comes around goes around. Same lesson there. And uh, if there's something at your company that's not going well, that, that maybe even could be considered illegal like that, or maybe not even illegal, but immoral or unethical, and you choose to look the other way, you're actually saying, hey, that's cool, it's okay. Even though you may never say that, or you may not think that, if you look the other way, it's still the same as if you said that's cool. So that's enough for that one. Next story, the cruise ship that turned around. That's the title, and oh, you're gonna just have a big sigh on this one. As a teenager, I sat groceries at a grocery store. The assistant managers were in their 20s, Two of the assistant managers, a man and a woman, hated each other. He always made fun of her behind her back and to her face. Well, the woman married an 18-year-old employee. They went on a cruise for their honeymoon. And this, this woman was quite a large person. And while they were gone, the male manager ran around saying, Hey, did you hear about the cruise ship that had to turn around? It ran out of food. I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> uh it's shocking and funny at the same time. So that stuff happens. And one more story that we're going to bring you today. This one's titled Unrealistic Expectations. It says, I had a boss that asked if I was going home to cry to my mama when I asked to change positions because my alcoholic editor threw his car keys at my head. Now, think about that. Your boss picks up his keys chucks them at your head, you go to the boss's boss thinking that, that maybe perhaps they will be empathetic towards your concern. Remember next week's episode, empathetic leadership, raise your social awareness. You think that your boss's boss is going to be empathetic and he says, what are you going to do? Go cry to your mama? I mean, I can't tell you how fast I would be out of that organization. <laughs> I've fired clients for less than that. I've left jobs for less than that. And yet, I mean, it's so interesting. We can sit here and say that I'm getting a question. Did that happen recently? Yes, that actually, the, the listener said that that happened like uh, about, it was about a year ago. So it wasn't that recent, but it wasn't that long ago. I mean, can you imagine that? These stories are for real. I didn't make these up. Some of them are my stories. I shared with you a couple that were my stories. I didn't tell you all of them that were my stories. And, uh, how crazy is that, that all of these things happen every single day? And we like to think that like they wouldn't happen in my company, but wow, even in the companies that I own, sometimes I hear about stories where I think, oh my gosh, that happened, and then I get to go interrupt it and, and use leadership for that. But they can happen anywhere. And like I said earlier, the way to combat these, these types of challenges in companies with that. Uh, leaders and with with anybody that's working in the company is to have an emotionally intelligent based leadership development program and the challenge is that the people that most need these types of programs they're not the ones raising their hands saying hey pick me pick me i want to go through it clearly i've got an issue i mean do you think that the man who put a cow on the door of the nursing mom is saying i want to do emotional intelligence leadership development program even drop the emotional intelligence I want to be in a leadership program. Well, no, of course not. Because that man is already saying, like Tarzan, I'm the best leader already. So what do you do? I mean, that's the biggest challenge. 
And so there are some strategies that you can use to get people to be a yes to this kind of stuff. And if you're interested in those strategies, that's a whole other show, but just reach out to me. My email is Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. As I mentioned, in 2023, we're launching a 12-month mastermind to dig in to the 10 principles of leadership development. They're all grounded in emotional intelligence. So it's like feedback is neutral. Start with a vision, uh, how, to, how to actually have these kinds of tough conversations, how to listen. I mean, as a human race, we listen at one level, but we speak at another level. And when we connect those two, we can actually be in conversation. And really, if you looked at all the challenges that we talked about today, a lot of them are because there's a listening gap. It's like people don't know how to relate to each other. They don't know how to relate and be in relationship with someone else. When that happens, you get these kinds of horrific yet funny stories, but they're all so real. And this is what people leave companies because of these horrific stories. They become funny years later when they when the person doesn't have trauma attached to them. But when they happen, they're certainly not funny. I can tell you about the, the listener that put that story in and she shared with me how many days she cried because of that experience with her boss. I can tell you about the, the woman that got the key strung at her head. She shared with me how long it took her to trust a boss again. I can tell you about the, the experience that happened in HR where the boss had the, the goal set that she didn't actually talk with this woman. I can share with you that she said she has a history of making sure that everything, all her, 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 her eyes are, are dotted and her T's are crossed. Let me get my words correct that her eyes are dotted and her T's are crossed. So she's got a history of second guessing herself and going into analysis paralysis because of that manager that undercut her. So there are real consequences to these horrific leadership stories. And if you're concerned or, or wondering if these things could be happening in your company, the answer is absolutely they could be. I'm not saying that they are, but they could be. And so the way to combat that is through emotionally intelligence leadership development programs. So whether it's with somebody like me or there's lots of different resources out there, make sure that you look into leadership development programs that are grounded in emotional intelligence. Why emotional intelligence? Because that's how we think, feel, and believe. The world, the winner of the world, whatever we consider that to be, is the person who's got their emotionally intelligent at the highest levels. I was sitting in a mock trial practice yesterday. I talk about mock trial a lot because it's a big thing going on right now. And we were talking about how the team that's going to win is the one that can handle their emotions the best. This is with middle schoolers, but I think that's absolutely applicable in the corporate world. So I could go on and on about horrific leadership stories because we've all got them. But I got to share 25-ish of some of the best stories that I received. And if you have a good one and I haven't heard it yet, reach out to me. And if you're interested in developing a program within your company or for your leaders, let me know. My email is Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. I wish you such a happy Halloween with not so horrific leadership stories, but maybe some scary, spooky songs or shows that you get to watch. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.